0: welcome to techtastic the podcast that explores the cutting-edge world of technology and its impact on society new breakthroughs and developments are revolutionizing the world around us presenting exciting opportunities as well as complex challenges we'll explore the big ideas and key players driving these transformations as we seek to understand the implications of these advancements for our lives our communities and our planet
1: Join us on this journey of discovery and exploration as we navigate the fascinating and ever-evolving world of technology. This is TechTastic. Sam Droshek, welcome to It's Tektastic. It is lovely to have you here. Thank you for having me. So I was looking through your profile before we got here, and you have a company that tries to help others be more efficient in their business process, reducing wasteful activity by providing them with innovative tools. Can you help the audience understand exactly what you guys are trying to solve? Yeah, absolutely. So business process improvement
0: is a very large domain of expertise. Indeed. (laughs) <laughs> it's basically if you're a business and you have a process, which every business does, you generally want to be able to improve it to increase efficiency, reduce costs, You know, whatever your business objective, it falls under this domain. Now, everyone's talking about, oh, let's do business process work, let's do process science, process improvement. It's still very immature, the tools and the methodologies that are out there, especially when it, you're thinking about for the digital space. So our company is creating new tools. We're infusing those tools with opinions, tried and true methodology, We're trying to create more accessibility so that any size company in any industry can engage more meaningfully in process improvement because we're lowering that learning curve. So hopefully that's another mouthful, but it helps simplify that a bit.
1: (laughs) It does, it is a very broad statement though. I mean, like business process could be sales focused, it could be technology development, it could be the operations piece. If you do fulfillment or, or whatever, there's a lot there. So I tend to think of there being like, there's the input side, there's the, I'm using tools, there's an outcome we desire, and there's KPIs that maybe we track against that outcome that we desire. We hope that those align. And then there's, now I'm going to improve the process somewhere, like the KPIs aren't being met. Or there's uh, clearly a problem. I have 400 outbound calls and only five leads generated by it. And I should be getting one for every 50 is the metric maybe I care about, right? So there's a lot that you can cover in there. And there's a lot of different entry points like that person you're helping. Do you think of it from the, that executive level so that they have good visibility into how the whole thing's operating and can know where to focus their time? Or are you entering it at some other point in the organization?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. So I'll tackle it from what you just described, like the example of, let's say every process has measures and then metrics and then ultimately KPI targets to hit so that you know your process is working well or not. If you're going to try to manage that process, either to change it, to improve it, to let's say enhance technology, to describe it to an executive, whatever your goal is, there's a set of activities you have to do to identify what the process is, to document it, to be able to communicate it, to analyze it. And it doesn't really matter if it's sales, it doesn't matter if it's finance, it doesn't matter if it's HR. The underlying process work is, what is my process? So to your question about, well, is it for executives? Is it for people in the pit? It really could be for a number of reasons, but I'd say the target audience is the people who actually need to work with the process meaningfully. And that could be doing the work to identify what the process is, the details around the process, the base measures of the process. And that could be for executive communication. It also could be past that point where the executive has already said, yes, I need to work on this process. So it could be for that person to actually start doing analysis, to do requirements gathering, whatever it is. But no matter what you're looking at, everything is processed at the end of the day. That's one of the things we like to say. If it's in motion, it can be described with process data, but we need better tools to be able to capture that data, to analyze it, to be able to communicate it. And that's really where
1: our focus is. It's a very foundational level. One of the hardest parts in process improvement in any organization, like a lot of times a company will stand up a process improvement team. Like it might be the operations process improvement team. And your point about um, like the first thing is understanding that there is a process there and getting good data about it. The entry point of that data is really interesting, right? Because either you're integrating with existing tools, there's the sales tool, there's the CRM for the customer support team, there's an ERP or whatever, that can give you information about maybe the outcomes of activities. But where do you get the understanding of the activity itself and how much effort's being put into something?
0: Right. And this is where in an age where everything is automation, artificial intelligence, digitization, the answer is very basic, which is you still have to go on the floor. You still have to talk to the people. You still have to actually elicit that process requirement set in a very manual way. Because if you think about what is a process, a process is a intention. It's a design so that people and technology, especially nowadays, it's always going to be people and technology enable that process. But like you said, If you're just watching the technology outcomes or the data coming out of technology, that's a very small piece of the puzzle. How do the people in the organization actually interact with that technology? How does everything come together to form a process? The only way to get that data accurately is still to do the proverbial Gemba walk from Lean, but in the digital world, it's talking to people, it's sitting at their desks, asking them what they're doing, what is the sequence, getting all the steps in order. That's really the only way it can still be done, in my
1: professional opinion. Uh, At a former employer, during COVID, we were flying all around the world going to each one of our uh, big distribution centers. And the only way we were able to find the kinks in the supply chain were to do exactly that, to walk around, talk to people, hey, I see that you're doing this right now. How often would you say you do this? And you you get an understanding of they're like oh we actually have a problem here this one location for some reason has this one dock that can't be used and so people are manually moving things from here to there because the machines are taking it there instead of where it should go, things like that right. Even in the in the fully digital world now
0: that a lot of us feel like we live in, there's so much manual activity that still happens to bring workflows together. You could give people a very very top of the line system suite and a full tech stack for everything they need to do. And I guarantee 80% of it's still held together by phone calls, meetings, emails, slacks, and that stuff's not really tracked. So if you're trying to like take the data out of your systems and reverse engineer what the process is, you'll never get to it. And people have been doing that, you know, for now a decade where you're process mining, you're taking these big data sets, all this data. But the simple fact is it's too complex what people do to hold processes together. And like you said, the manual work, the workarounds, the gap fixes that people just come up with on the fly, You have to go and you have to investigate, you have to do that research. And if you wanna do the research properly, you need method and you need tools. And again, that's sort of where our focus is, helping people get to that stage
1: where they feel empowered to do this work in a consistent and an accurate way. So I can imagine in a complex, supply. so previous company was TradeLens, global supply chain connecting all the ocean carriers, the rail shippers and all that kind of fun stuff but everybody had their own process. Everybody called things different things along the way. And when you're trying to be a digital platform that sits in the middle of that, unifying that view of what's happening is a necessity of the technology. You have to be able to describe it in a uniform way. But the reality was a lot of that just simply wasn't true. You would have to make assumptions and then you would have to add information in to say, okay, in this instance, in this location, Like, for instance, in Africa, when you're doing this particular activity, there's going to be this step where you have to bribe some official that in no place else are we going to actually document that. But if you don't do it appropriately, it'll sit in quarantine for six months. That reality is something that you don't know until you're out and asking questions. But to your point about like having good tools about it, what is a good tool that allows you to figure that out and see that look like? And that's a deep
0: question. So a lot of (laughs) (laughs) I love it because you've been out there and you've known the pain of trying to actually figure out what a process is. But the the thing is, let me start with this. The first thing that makes a good tool is that it can help structure a consistent viewpoint. And this is what is not really happening in the industry today. So what I mean is, if you think about what do people map process in, what do people draw process diagrams in, it's a lot of open whiteboard Canvas apps today. You've got Lucidcharts, you have Miro, you have Mural, you, you have a plethora of options. But the problem with those is it's just a blank page and you have to create the language every time that you try to structure that data. So what happens is everyone says, well, when I draw a process, I use purple stars and I use red triangles. And when I draw a process, I use all the database shapes and I get it deep in the weeds and this and that. So the problem is there's no comparable data because there's no standard and there's no structure. So I'm explaining the, the state of the market because the first thing that we believe makes a good tool in this space is it has to be constrained so that when Mm. I make a process data set and you make a process data set using the same tool, it's going to be someone at the same detail level with the same data structure so that that data becomes comparable and we can start to actually build knowledge that, that can be shared across different people. And like you said, if it's a big company and you're taking process data from all over the world in different locations, even within that same project, you need people to be able to write process the same way. So in some ways, just having a standard opinion is a big part of what makes a good tool. And then I could go further into what that opinion should include, and that gets a little more technical. But basically, you know, the summary point is here is process is actually infinite. If I was going to describe a process, it's that sort of proverbial, describe the elephant, but you can only look at it from one angle at a time. Yeah, And everyone could has a different viewpoint, but that's how it is. Reality is extremely complex. So how do you actually fix a viewpoint? You have to start somewhere. So otherwise all the data is just random and it can't build on each other. So there's a lot of challenges, but that hopefully, hopefully that gives you a little bit of an intro to what makes a good, tool. there's, there's a lot we can go into there.
1: Yeah. So there's a parallel between process and software, because ultimately I think all software is just process automation. All it's trying to do is take something that's a human being used to do and let the computer try to do it for you. Yeah. And until we started having a very common way of sharing our, like, what does an interaction with a user look like, what is the, you know, what are all these different things and being opinionated about it our tools all kind of sucked and now everything's fairly standardized it's very easy to hop from one or to another to draw the same diagrams that are the same architecture everybody gets it that's a great starting point why yeah. do you think that it's taken so long for first of all for process um improvement to become top of mind to so many companies and mm-hmm. therefore for tools to become standardized and to be strongly opinionated
0: Yeah, I I think a big part of it is we have to zoom out for a second and understand that the massive digitization we've been seeing is a very new thing. Maybe last 10, 15, 20 years if you want to be generous. Process work hasn't been prioritized like it is today because in the past, you could still engage your tactile senses for the most part. You could walk into an office and watch what people are doing. Things were manual enough where you could still engage your common sense to see, oh, this person is idle. This obviously doesn't make sense. There's paper stacked to the ceiling. You know, it's, it's like you said, you can walk into a factory floor and see oil spilling on the floor Yes. and see things going wrong. Yeah. Now there has been a massive shift, digitization, decentralization, globalization, processes. There's no way to see them anymore. If I'm a middle manager or even an executive and I say, what's going on right now in the process? The process could be all over the world. And if there's no documentation and not a single viewpoint, nobody knows what's going on. No one can fix problems. No one can analyze anything. So all of a sudden, it's just now in the last decade where people are saying, I need process diagrams. I need process data. I need to know what is happening in my business. And they're finding it's difficult. There's not a lot of experts who can actually map process effectively it cost efficiently. All the perspectives are different. There's no standard languages that make any sense. So, you know, why now it's, It's just happening now where this is becoming a massive problem. And that problem is scaling rapidly, especially as people want more software. They want more automation. They want artificial intelligence. You can't do any of that effectively unless you understand your base requirements and
1: people are struggling. So that's a little bit of why now and what's going on. Yeah. So you're also the author of a book called Becoming a Conscious Business. I'm really curious. That sounds like it's a how to be a more thoughtful business. Is that even close to on the mark? so my book uh, you know at the risk of outing myself is very eccentric it's more
0: focused on becoming a self-aware business and how Mm -hmm. humans are actually evolving into businesses and businesses are a different class of conscious organism um so in my book i describe this relationship between you as a process and when you start collaborating with colleagues how that becomes a collective and then we form ecosystems So it's kind of a commentary on the patterns of process and how it ladders into increasingly complex forms. So just that's like the small synopsis there.
1: <laughs> well, I'm curious about that because it, it maps towards... Uh, I've had conversations with people about uh, the concept of humans being multi-tribal. For example, I go to Europe. I look European, right? so I don't distinguish myself from the larger group. But if I find other Americans, I will tend to gravitate towards them because we have the most in common and there's like a critical mass of people that once we get beyond that, we start looking for exclusionary reasons. And if it's less than that, we look for reasons to include. And depending on the environment that you're in, that could be far more selective. So like that same American back in the States, I might gravitate towards people because I'm on the East Coast that are West Coast based because that's their cultural center, that they have more in common, less exclusion. So companies as organization are one form of that. And within that organization, you still have divisions and the various org structures themselves that people tend towards. And so the idea of it as a conscious organism almost plays into that, like each org as organ kind of view of that. Am I even close to what you're trying to describe? It's a pretty open topic (laughs) and pretty, (laughs) I think so.
0: Like part of what you're saying is, In a way humans generally we're programmed to aggregate into group structures that can activate us so part of what i hear you saying is you know as a human you sometimes find like groups like can be based on the context of where you are geographically what's going on but generally we like most of the organisms in the world we form complexes so we can be more effective so we can create more complex things humans more so than a lot of the rest of the animals And a lot of forming businesses is finding your tribe, finding multiple tribes, finding places where you can amplify your effort, amplify your energy and channel it into something that you can create that's bigger than what you could do alone. If you look at the pattern of of how we become productive and fulfilled humans, everyone feels this pull to a certain extent to try to aggregate and form something more complicated. So that's part of the conversation. I think what you're describing is part of that conversation.
1: It's interesting because I tend to think of it as a comfort thing. People are looking for a sense of a belonging, certainly. And that belonging is more about that first level of safety. I have air, I have water, I have food, and I'm safe. And then there's the fulfillment piece that comes on top of that. Can we do more together? But in in a way, the food, safety, shelter piece in today's world is so abstracted away from our actual needs and most of what the people we'd be talking to, right? we can do more in market, peace becomes a lot more of the safety, food, water aspect, right? Like as a company, we're not successful. Therefore, I don't eat tomorrow. Yeah, that is the
0: instinct of it. I would argue that in Maslow's hierarchy, for instance, let's say a thousand years ago, 95% of your energy could be spent even in a group to secure those basic needs and actualization, like becoming actualized as a human and becoming more creatively fulfilled. You didn't have much energy for it. Mm -hmm. In modern society, it's kind of flipped, right? you might spend 5% of your energy securing food, shelter, groups that you can belong to. Everything is more accessible and connected. So it's actually more of an intellectual burden and a spiritual burden now, because 95% of your energy is left for actualization, creative expression, manifesting something in the world. And in that, that's where there's a lot of room to do incredible things in modern society. And there's also a lot of room to fumble around in that space and lose yourself and not know what's going on and just remain unconscious. And that's why this concept of, like you said, becoming more conscious is how do we become more conscious connectivity is one way to become more conscious reconnecting with our nature there's a lot of different ways and, and then we sort of bridge into more of a spiritual and philosophical conversation so that, that can be a fun one but maybe
1: for another time sam it's been a great conversation i love what you're doing and the book i'm going to check it out just because i think it might be really really interesting to me if people wanted to check out Truvi.com uh, where's the best place to go check out your product
0: Yep. Trueville.com. And we're a few weeks away from going live on our first product. So oh, wow. Bear with us. Yeah. You can sign up for the email list if you'd like. And in general, if you're interested in process mapping or process data capture or structuring, you can reach me at Sam Drawshack on LinkedIn, Sam at uh, I'm the only Drawshack out there really. So if you just punch in Drawshack anywhere you can find
1: me, please reach out. I'd love to hear from you. And that's a wrap for this episode of TechTastic. I want to thank you personally for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Until then, keep exploring and stay curious. Hey there, Tastians! Is your team drowning in tech debt, and you just wish you had a magic button to fix it? I want to introduce you to Vala AI, your tech debt hero. At Vala AI, we get it. You're busy. That's why we've made fixing tech challenges as easy as a click of a button. You don't need to be an engineer. We empower non-techies to conquer complex tech issues effortlessly. We understand you don't have time for tech headaches. Vala AI is here to lift that tech burden, making your tech debt disappear with a simple click. So ready to say goodbye to tech troubles? Try Vala AI. Your solutions are just a click away.